Welcome to the Veterinary Business Matters Podcast brought to you by Oculus Insights. Here we will discuss topics related to veterinary business management. From small to large animal, this podcast strives to give you the insight and tools to help you improve your veterinary business. Oculus Insights, supporting businesses where great people want to be. Hi, I'm Mike Powell, and welcome to the Veterinary Business Matters podcast brought to you by Oculus Insights. So this is our first podcast with our COVID-19 resiliency guide. I am joined by a good part of the Oculus team. I'm just going to go alphabetically and introduce um, some of the team and for and what they uh, do with Oculus. So first off, we have Alyssa Rubenstein, who uh, works with us in marketing. Good morning, Alyssa. Good morning. Happy to be here and help out. Great. Thanks. And then we're also welcomed by Katie Arline. Katie is our HR specialist at Oculus. Welcome, Katie. Good morning. And then on the other side of the ocean, other side of the Atlantic Ocean, over in the Netherlands, Dr. Joop Lomans, who's uh, one of my partners and overall in Oculus. Joop, welcome. Good afternoon. It would be afternoon. Actually, it's afternoon where we are too now. So, And then finally, uh, last but not least, uh, our executive uh, business coach uh, leading our coaching efforts, uh, Mrs. Sue Armstrong. Welcome, Sue. Hi, Mike. Thanks. So, yeah, COVID-19 is on all of us. Um, what we're putting together with Oculus is a resiliency guide, a resource guide for you to come to us during these times of COVID-19. So this is a huge shock to our economy, to our communities, to our families. To I mean, there may be people who are listening to this that have uh, family members, friends infected uh, with COVID-19. And I think above all, what we have to worry about is the health of our, our friends and colleagues, but our businesses are being affected. And, you know, just to give a slight example, when I was hoped to go on vacation last week, we left last Wednesday, we landed Thursday morning, an overnight flight, put on our phones, looked at the news and heard about the US travel ban and, and some of the areas that were closing in Europe. And then right away, we booked our flight home because overnight, the world has changed. And so we're recording this on Friday, March 20th. And even two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, the world was kind of normal. Now it's not. And so what you can get from Oculus, uh, we're hoping to supply to you is some resources, some tips, a community of, of support to help us get through this. Our attitude is this will change. This will end at some point. And we want the practices that we work with, the, the part of the Oculus community to come out on the other end in a much better shape. So enough of a big intro. What I wanted to do and gather this group here is that we have a few subjects we just want to sort of touch upon. We're going to be having these podcasts bi-weekly and without a set subject because the, the world is changing so quickly, we just want to be able to be very responsive. We have our first webinar coming up on the 24th at 3 p.m. Eastern time, which will be the top 10 tips that you can take for your practice to help you survive and be resourceful during this crisis. But let's go over some of the bigger topics now. So first of all, let's look at how we're seeing practices affecting um, where we live and who we work with. So Yop, let's start with you. The COVID-19 has hit Europe probably you know, a couple of weeks ahead of North America. But the bad news this week is that the deaths in Italy have surpassed what happened in China. What's going on in your neighborhood? What, what does your community look like in the Netherlands and the veterinary community as well? Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I, I would like to take it one step more to the east first which is China, where it all began. I'm still uh, quite well connected with my colleagues in China because we, we manage a clinic there. And the good news is that at the end of this month, 
the people um, in in China, at least in the part where I was in Shanghai, will start to work again and go back to their offices and go back to their clinics. What I also hear from them is a very strong warning to take this uh, COVID infection very seriously. As you know, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a different country compared to Europe or the United States. And it seems like they have quite a lot of things under control. It's really a balancing act. So so that's China for now. In Europe, of course, uh, yeah, we are scared in a way that, well, actually, I'm more scared about people who are not scared, to be honest, because you can easily see how uh, how this affects us all. To give an example, my daughter came back from a skiing vacation in Austria uh, a week ago, and what started as a very nice skiing holiday ended up in a well nightmare might be a bit over the top but they all had to go in quarantine and a whole group of 30 people got uh, got sick and are in quarantine now they're all recovering but it's and they're all young and sporty people and thank god nobody is on intensive care but it tells you how how this disease migrates through europe how quickly it goes of course austria is very close to italy italy is really very severe now, even though they have a very good health system in place, and still they are overwhelmed by the cases. Now, going back to to Europe, uh, to to this part of Europe, we don't have a complete lockdown. Uh, we are still allowed to go uh, shopping and get our groceries, but all the restaurants, hotels, and other places are closed. And the veterinary clinics are all still open. But they, uh, for instance, companion animal practices only work uh, on appointments. People have to wait outside in their car before they can enter, before the the person before them has left with their patients. There's only one vet allowed, uh, or sorry, one uh, person allowed to accompany uh, a dog or a cat. Uh, so it it also has a has a very strong impact on the veterinary profession, and I think that's that's what we will mainly talk about. But yeah, as we can see, it's all so much intertwined. For sure, for sure. Katie, I know uh, you had some conference calls with many of our clients yesterday in the United States. What's your general sense of what's going on there? I think the biggest thing for me and that struck me in talking to everybody yesterday was overall, there was a, a feeling of calm, uh, at least on the surface uh, with all the clients that we work with. Uh, but also just, you know, they're they're trying to make plans, but they're just so uncertain about what to do because we don't know, you know, what's going to happen with government rules as far as uh, regulating movement. Also, the progression of the disease, obviously, you know, numbers are, true numbers are five to seven days behind with the testing. So that's difficult as well. So uh, there's the uncertainty there. And then, you know, understanding what programs are available for their staff and, and what kind of what kind of schedules they can put together for their staff so that uh, they're still able to keep people employed. And if they have to reduce hours or lay people off, you know, they're, it's navigating what kind of supports are available for them and, and how they can pick them up. So, you know, I think, you know, aside from deciding whether veterinary medicine is an essential service or not, they're just sort of waiting to see how people will be curtailed in the future, the near and the distant future. And also, you know, they have questions around what happens if somebody, uh, one of their employees gets sick and, and what they have, what they do next. So it's a really dynamic situation. I think that's causing a lot of the uncertainty and the stress is just not knowing what's going to happen. 
Yeah, and I, I would agree. And that's what I've been seeing too, is that we're all so connected and you'll hear something like, well, last night, California, the governor of California said, everybody stay in. And so, you know, that changes all of a sudden. And then if you are in the middle of the country or somewhere else, you're thinking, well, is that us next? So boy, a lot of apprehension. I know already in my own practice today, somebody, one of the, somebody said, you know, I've got a sore throat and I'm staying home. And then right away, you're like, oh my God, I hope she's okay. And then, well, what does that mean for the business? And, and then good news is she talked to a medical health professional and said, her doctor rather, and they just said, you know what, you have not been in contact with a known person. So, you know, just give yourself the weekend and you should be fine. So knock on wood, that's all it is. But I think that probably more than anything is the uncertainty. If I go onto any Facebook groups and look at what people are on going on about, it's purely the uncertainty of it all. And I think, uh, Hopefully what we can try to do is give some some uh, systems in place to help people make some structure out of the seemingly chaotic environment we're on. Let's uh, talk about some of the things. So some quick tips I thought today we can just start on that and some just general broad subjects. Um, leadership. And I know, Sue, you do a lot of coaching on leadership. And I know, Yope, you're just finishing your MBA and you have a strong interest in leadership. You just finished writing a blog on it that we'll be publishing to our, our page and social media later today, hopefully. So let's start with you, Sue. Um, in these times of trouble, what, what are uh, some of the tips that you would give to a practice owner, practice managers on how to uh, keep their uh, staff in place? And how to keep, how to comfort their staff and their clients, I guess. Well, I'm so glad that you said comfort the staff and clients because right now what staff and clients are looking to the leaders in the room for, and when I say leaders in the room, I mean the owner, I mean the veterinarian, I mean the practice manager. They're looking to you for uh, reassurance. They want to know that everything's going to be okay. And speaking to the leaders to say, it's okay to be able to stand in front of these people and say, I don't have all the right answers right now. Um, It's okay to, to say that I'm working on it and I do care uh, and that it's something that's changing daily and just um, acknowledge that with them, but to let them know that um, you're not retreating from the situation that you're, you're working on it, whether that means putting short-term plans in place, um, while you're getting your management team together to set up long-term plans. It's letting clients and staff know that their safety and their health is paramount to you and, um, and reassuring them that you're, you're on it. Yeah, I think a key thing you said there and I thought was interesting is that it's okay to say, I don't know, because I think if you're going out there and saying, oh, yeah, I have the answer, right away somebody's going to be suspicious because nobody has the answer right now. Yeah. Um, just if I can add to that, something that I, I'm noticing with clinics that I'm working with is the leaders of the in the in the clinic trying to navigate their emotions and the emotions of their staff. And I just want to say to uh, you that um, there are no wrong emotions. That what people feel is what they feel, and we we have to give them the space to to um, put voice to those emotions. And to reassure them that it's okay what they're feeling. However, um, sometimes that those emotions uh, can turn into um, less productive behaviors. And, and that um, is what, as a management and leaders, we have to be able to identify and help ourselves through. And Yop, what would you uh, like to add in terms of the whole um, the subject of leadership? Well, 
what I think it comes down to is uh, is this funny sentence: "Is uh, what to do when you don't know what to do," and that's that's exactly what's happening now. You you see it with our political leaders; they have to make decisions. Uh, they cannot make a fifty percent decision. They have to make hundred percent decisions, having only fifty percent of uh, of the information, or maybe even less. And uh, the the interesting part of it is that this has been done before. Uh, this has been described in in quite a lot of literature on how to deal with these problems. And one of the things, and I think Sue highlighted it perfectly well, is it's okay to tell people that you do not know the answer and be honest and, 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 and upright about it and clear about it. And it also means that if you, if you decide to go into a certain direction, if you make a decision, it might even be the wrong decision. But you don't know. You only know that in hindsight. So what I think is, is, is paramount in this situation is that you show leadership by being vulnerable and being able to share with your staff that you absolutely do not know how it's going to be fixed, but it's going to be fixed and you're going to fix it together. And with fixing, I mean that you, um, you reach out to your customers, you reach out to your staff, you ask questions as a leader, you ask questions on what do you think a solution for this situation would look like and how can we make that come through? How can we work on this? And I think if you, if you, um, if you're able to to show this kind of leadership where you help to answer questions uh, that have not been asked before and and take them on on a road and also make them understand that there might be a moment that you have to decide that you have to turn course again because things have changed or you don't get the outcome that you want but people have to understand that this is all right the the, the worst thing to do i think now is to sit down and 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 either panic or complain about the situation. Nobody will benefit from that. I think taking being a leader means listening to your public, listening to your order, audience, listening to your stakeholders, ask questions, as I said before. And you can also ask these questions to your bank. Like, wait a minute, this is happening to me now, but I'm quite sure we will talk about this a, a little later, uh, uh, more in depth. But make sure that there are so many people around you that also rely on you as a, as a company, as a service provider. These animals are there to stay and your company has to stay there in order to provide these services. And, and this is the moment where, where real leaders stand up and, um, and lead their people, even uh, given all this incredible uncertainty. And so, Katie, um, when it comes to communicating with staff, um, I know you're talking to a lot of clinics right now and, and on this subject. So any recommendations in terms of how, how frequent and what format, what to share with uh, staff members? That's a really good question, Mike. And I think, um, you know, we often see uh, in times of stress that communication can break down. And uh, definitely when things are heightened, it's most important to have a consistent means of communication. And as far as frequency goes, I mean, you know, minimum once a day, uh, this is what's happening, but it depends on the situation and the groups that you're addressing. Uh, And I think, you know, We're talking about employees, but also having an external communication plan for clients and people outside your organization as well uh, is quite important too, particularly in veterinary medicine where it's, there's so much interaction. There's, you know, 
people and their pets uh, don't really get separated. So I think, you know, having an internal plan, deciding on the mode that works best for people, having more than one mode of communication, if that's what's needed, um, asking people how they want to be communicated with, you know, to both Sue and Yoke's points, you know, asking people questions, what do you guys need right now? Um, How would you like to be communicated with? And then as far as the content of the communication, you know, obviously updates on what the company's doing, but also being pretty frank with people, you know, stating the facts, this is what's happening right now. Um, This is the situation that we're hearing from our uh, government leaders, from the World Health Organization, whatever the case may be, you know, and, and making sure people know where to go for general information about the virus. But also um, really being clear about the steps that the company is taking to take the fear or to add some safety into uh, into what the staff are dealing with every day. So, you know, whether it's um, social distancing in the clinic or, uh, you know, in the, in the case of small animal worlds, um, having clients waiting outside in the parking lot for their pets, whatever the case may be. Um, making sure that staff understand what the things that you're doing at the workplace. So how often you're disinfecting, what you're disinfecting, how people should uh, work together or not work together. And I think also it's really key um, to be as transparent as possible about how this is affecting the organization. Um, You know, yesterday uh, I heard a lot about how, you know, staff are obviously concerned about their jobs and concerned about steady income and and all of those things. But it's really important to underline that the, uh, the clinic itself is doing what it can for its staff. And, you know, in the case of veterinary medicine, um, you know, doing what it can to meet the needs of the staff and the clients and the animals uh, so that we can all come out on this on the other side. Uh, But, you know, saying, you know, if X happens, then we might have to take these measures. And I think people knowing, yes, you're not going to have the right answers. You're not going to know what's going to happen, you know, in 12 or 24 hours, but you're thinking about it and you're on it and you're, you're making, you know, plans for if this scenario happens, we have a plan for that. And this is how we're going to adjust. Um, So I think that those are all things that are really important to um, make sure that you are doing for the staff. And like I said, at least once a day, more often if needed, and making sure that leaders are quite accessible uh, as much as possible for staff, if staff have any questions. I think that 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 pretty much sums it up. And obviously, I mean, with veterinary medicine, it's difficult, but um, trying to figure out ways that people can work from home as much as possible. Uh, and minimize risk of touching or being near other people as much as possible are obviously very important at this time. Yeah, I think having a plan is essential. I can just speak on personal news. You know, I'm in self-isolation now. I can't see people face-to-face, but we've been pretty well having daily communication with all of our staff. You know, we started when I came back from this my uh, truncated vacation of, you know, a conference call with everybody so we can just have a good discussion. But every day it's sort of a summary email. Here's what's going on. We're having a meeting later this afternoon with all of our vets. You open Sue, we're talking about of listening to, you know, your clients, listening to your staff, of getting their feedback. What are they hearing from vets or their clients rather? And, you know, how can we use this information to uh, offer better services? So I think, you know, if I can summarize what everybody's been talking about, consistent messaging, being not afraid to saying, I don't know, trying to have a plan that everybody's aware that it may shift in not by a day, but maybe within hours. And I think just trying to, this is the opportunity for any of the leaders in the practice just to, to really help ease the anxieties and the concerns that their staff members may have. So thanks. The other thing I wanted to talk about, because I know historically when businesses, um, 
hit a crisis, one of the first things they want to do is cut any kind of marketing uh, expenses. They're sort of like, okay, we're, that's, you know, we don't have business right now. So why should we spend money on marketing? So Alyssa, I just want to get your insight into that in terms of in these times of crisis, you know, what role does marketing play and should people maintain some kind of marketing presence? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. And I think that it's a big deal right now at this time, because if you continue your marketing, you're staying at the forefront of your clients' minds. You'll be remembered when this all does come to an end. Marketing is a great way to have clear communication to let your clients know that you're here for them, you support them, and how you can help them during this time. These marketing objectives may not be to attract new clients at this time, but it's an opportunity to build trust and strengthen the relationships with the current clients that they have. This can also lead to recommendations in the future, just saying, hey, I had a really great experience with this practice during this time. I definitely recommend it. It's also a great opportunity to take the time in marketing to do the things that you haven't had the chance to do, whether that's just checking up on emails, updating the website, just those small things that often get forgotten about when you're busy with the day-to-day marketing tactics. During this time, it also helps you take a better look inside your company of your values in promoting those externally to your clients and letting them know how you can help them during this difficult time. It's also always really important to make sure that you go over any pre-scheduled content to ensure that your tone is correct and that you're updated and being proactive about what is going on and maybe finding a way to align your values with what's going on externally as well so that you can find a way to make sure that you're truly helping your clients the best way you know how to and make sure that you're clear with this communication on how you can help them during this difficult time. So and you talked about tone of messaging. And so, you know, some of the questions that I've come across and I'm just, you know, scouting Facebook posts, what have you, and vet practices, you know, vet-related uh, Facebook groups. Is it too soon to have light posts? Like some people are saying, you know, I've seen some funny things that I think would relieve the tension, but should I? What are your thoughts on that? I think at this time, we're all very uncertain and we're all trying our best um, to make the most of the situation. I think it's important to understand the seriousness of this virus. It is important. um, Lives are being lost and this is very personal to many people out there. But it's also important in the workplace and within your marketing that you're doing your best to support your audience. And that's really coming down to knowing your audience and how they would subject to those messages that you're putting out there. Um, And that's always key in any type of marketing is knowing who your audience is and how you can relate to them. So if you honestly feel that at this time you need to maybe lift, it's too heavy right now, and you need something to lift people's behaviors and maybe make them laugh, then that would be great. But if you really feel like now is not the time and they're really struggling and now is the time to put out a more supportive message, I think it really comes down to knowing who you're talking to. Yeah, fair point. You know, and the other thing I would uh, recommend too is that I've seen some discussions with trainers and, and barn owners and and everybody's got an opinion. So, you know, one uh, recently, a couple of days ago, a, a barn owner has a very large uh, boarding and lesson program uh, of horses in, in our area posted something. You know, he had his opinion and I'm not going to go into what his opinion was, but, you know, obviously when you have an opinion, somebody else will have another opinion. And it became a very animated, um, almost, then it got almost a bit aggressive kind of postings. I think 
everybody's nerves. Not, I think I know we're all on edge. And I would really caution people about trying to dive into giving an opinion or what have you in these group conversations, because this, these are worse than uh, political discussions now because people are on such edge. And so I think, you know, there's a time to contribute and there's a time to step aside and not draw your practice into it and, and try to control your messaging and not let others dictate what your message may be. Mike, can, can I can I add something to Absolutely. that? Absolutely. From a leadership point of view, um, I think what what Alisa very nicely pointed out is the importance of values, and I would even add the purpose of the practice. I think if you in your practice uh, all know what the purpose is, and is, and which at this moment is even even more important that even in these difficult times when people suffer from this virus there is still our purpose of taking proper care of these animals and they still get sick and they still have their problems Um, and that purpose is in the hearts and minds of all the people that work in the clinic and what helps in this kind of situation is to Focus the team, focus the group on the why. Why do you do it? Why do, Why are we a team? Why are we a veterinary practice? And I, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer of, of the fact that this really helps you to think a bit further, uh, to think ahead. And then you also figure out whether or not humor will help or not, what your tone should be. But the purpose of the practice, I think that's the key in this this difficult time. Don't Don't lose that momentum just just keep understanding why you do this and use that as a tool to you know to make people a bit more relaxed make them understand why they're still going to work and why it's important that they're still going to work and why it's important to find ways to to meet the needs of uh, of your patients yeah no i think that's a great addition to the conversation and i think really what it comes down to you know i i was being interviewed by an a, a breed association an equine a veterinary association excuse me the other day and you know on some tips on what we could advise people and i said really as as, as any business owner veterinary whatever i think the biggest thing we have to be careful about is making rushed decisions you know, it's the news changes every day and we see what, you know, we hear what other people are doing and we think, well, they got to do what everybody else is doing. And I think really what is key is us to, you know, it's like making a decision about a patient that comes on, you know, um, hit by a car, dog comes in. There's a process and we, we, we do a workup and we evaluate. We get a history. We look at the situation before uh, we make a plan. You know, we sort of have in the back of our head what the plan may be. But I, I kind of uh, encourage veterinary leaders to put on their emergency veterinary attitude of just like, all right, here's a situation. Let's not decide right away what we're going to do it. Let's assess. And I think if there was any tip I would give anybody, that would be it in terms of just let's oversee it. Let's just evaluate it. And I think what Yo brought up and what Alyssa brought up in terms of values and purpose, and I think whether you have a set dictated values or you've come up with them or a purpose, I think it's really one of the good things to do is that as you're taking your deep breath to review it is to, you know, come back to, all right, what are we as a practice? What are we trying to do? Let's make sure that whatever decisions we're doing, we're maintaining that and we're following that. And I think that gives a structure that helps us make better decisions. If we know what our values are, are these decisions in line with our values? Is this in line with our purpose of the business? Yes, we have to make some hard decisions, maybe if employment or hours or the types of appointments we're going to see. 
But I think just stepping back, following a plan, and you know, there's no need to make a rush decision because the decision you make now may be absolutely the wrong decision in six hours as the the environment changes. So, and I even look at that with financial stuff. I, I just finished some exercise this morning because you look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is doom and gloom. Our practice is, you know, it's a bit slower, uh, you know, and, and you can make up a story. My gosh, I was sitting there like last night, I was, I was not having a good night last night when I started thinking about all that could be going on and I just had to turn off the news. I had to turn off social media because the influence I was getting from some people was just putting me into a dark hole. And I was like, this is not good. So I got up this morning. All right. I'm doing an exercise right now. I'm comparing everyday sales now compared to the same day, same period of the year before. And I'm looking at it. And yeah, I'm seeing a decrease. And it's actually since they uh, introduced this new mandate in Ontario, where I'm at about uh, closing um, boarding facilities, which they've since relaxed it to allow vets to come in. Yeah, there was a decrease. But you know what? When I look at where we were last year, we're about the same level. Uh, we have a budget, you know, so our sales were supposed to go up a little bit, but we're not all that far off from where we were last year. So that gave me some comfort that, you know what, it's not as ugly as my imagination is letting it be. The other thing I started doing is just doing some scenario planning. And we're going to talk about that in our webinar a bit on Monday in our next podcast next week uh, with two other members from Oculus. But I really started doing some scenario planning. What happens if sales go down 10%, 20%? What kind of things do I need to do with uh, staff payroll? What kind of costs can I you know, eliminate what, you know, kind of things that I do. And I was actually surprised that, you know, we, we can lose some sales, but it's, it would have to get pretty bad for it really to be, have such a huge impact on the business. Some of that is because we're going into our busiest time of the year. So even if, you know, sales went down 30, 40%, we'd be okay. We'd be able to, you know, keep our staff uh, together. We'd be able to, ha- we'd have to cut some salaries and cut some hours for sure. But I think we would, we'd be able to keep our team together and, you know, doing that kind of exercise. I was like, all right, numbers don't lie. I have a plan. If we get to this level, I know what I have to do. If it gets to another level, there's another uh, set of decisions I can make. So it sort of helps to, you know, that triage, that examination that we're doing of a pet, do it to your own business. And I was like, ah, okay, I'm feeling a lot better now. So anything else that we want to share, anything that and from our discussions that you think that we should be uh, bringing up or, or talking to anybody? I just I don't know if anybody had any final words. Well, I, I think as, as, as veterinarians, maybe even more than, than human doctors, we have experienced with, with outbreaks of diseases. I, I, remember, um, I remember the swine fever. I remember the foot and mouth. I, I remember the avian influenza. I think we have to realize that we also can play a sensible role in this, in this whole discussion, that our veterinary expertise comes at hand. If, if I look in the Netherlands, the people higher up, the virologists that are are doing the uh, the strategy for the Netherlands, are two of them are are veterinarians. Uh, so we, we we do have quite a lot of knowledge uh, on how to deal with people who are having problems with their farms, having problems with their animals uh, because of these infections. And I feel strongly that particularly for the bit older generation that, like me, that we have something extra we can give to our customers, that we can think for them, think with them, help them to come overcome this, this situation. And uh, I think that we very often under, underestimate our, our role in, also in, in human health, 
But I think we have to be here for for either for the animals and for the people, and and help to uh, to stop this uh, this crisis. First of all, by serving our, our our families and our staff and serving the animals. And I think this is the time to show leadership, and this is the time to really think about the future of your practice. Of course, everybody would have wished that it, the circumstances would have been different, but they are not. They are what they are. And we have to deal with it, and um, and that's I, I think we we can help people to to think uh, how to how to cope with their problems and their customers' problems. Uh, and I hope that it this podcast will also help people uh, and trigger them a little bit to think in a, in a little bit more positive way. Well, I um, want to just thank you all four of you for uh, contributing today. I will say we're going to record another podcast at the beginning of the week of next week with Dr. Bob Magnus and Sheila Stork to talk about what are the things we can do with inventory, accounts payable, accounts receivable, what have you, to get as much cash in our business right now? Because I think that's you know to help run a business when we're we're not sure what the future is going to bring is to make sure we have enough of a buffer that we can operate um, because we have some cash reserves. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. I'd also want to remind remind everybody that on Tuesday, March twenty fifth at three p.m. Eastern, we're going to have our first uh, of our weekly webinars. Video Video webinars that we'll record and so it'll be uh, available on demand later where we dive deeper into some of these areas that we're talking about now just to help give people this you know this guide this toolbox of resiliency because we will get through this and if we can prepare now we'll come out in a better place than if we just did nothing and just sort of shook our hands and, and just wondered and you know just hope for the best so thank you all very much good luck to everybody uh, you can find us on facebook on oculus insights you can learn more and that's a great area if you want to start sharing some of your concerns uh, we also have a private facebook group uh, insights with oculus if you email us info at oculusinsights.net we can uh, send you a link so you could uh, become a member to it so thank you all very much talk soon at oculus insights we care a lot about animals but we also care about the health of the veterinary profession our goal is to support veterinary businesses around the world by helping you clear your path to success 